are playing uh, Times Square this year. Oh, that's interesting. Like, October, and I think it's the last time they're going to play together. Are you going? I'd like to. What's well, the I'd... last time you're going to see the fucking Danzig singing with fucking the Misfits? Right. Never. It's the last time. It's the last time. Have right. you ever seen Danzig with the Misfits? No. No, it's it's never first, hasn't happened. It'll be your first time, too. It, it happened, like, twice last year. Oh, it did? Two or three times. I thought they were done. Yeah, after the, the legal battle. Right, no, they they got together last year like two or three times. Oh, the hate must very be big palpable them. between them. Right. Right. They um, must really need the money. I don't see why. I don't know if they not. need it, but they're making... They want it. Money. They're getting it. Like, that's sure. fucking money. That's hard bunny money. It's like... You could... Sell out Madison Square Garden at like I can't imagine that the Misfits could sell out Madison Square they're Garden. Doing they're doing it. They're doing it. It's really hard to imagine that there are that many people who like well, the Dan's Misfits. Like a singer, right. It's not I that know. hard to imagine that that many people like would think go of, see well, the Misfits. When you like went to like, a, like every school I ever went to, there was no more than like four people who liked the Misfits. Yeah. Five or six. But so it's like all of those people. Uh, yeah. From okay. around the country. I'm not, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. If we assume that every school has like at the most 12 people who like the Misfits. At yeah, but well, that was like two. when you were going. But that was like when you were in school, and now like we're out of school. And, like, and there was other people in school before you were in school that liked the Misfits. It's just not popular music. You can't argue that it's pop music. Or it's popular music. It's not. But they're like... It's maybe more popular than every other punk band. Like, along with like the Ramones and the Sex Pistols, you got... The Misfits would be just under that. And, you know... Yeah. I would much... They're among the most popular punk bands, for sure. But well, there you go. I mean, so Ramones, it's easy to imagine. So yeah, I wouldn't pay a hundred bucks good. to see the Ramones. I mean, they are so I would actually pay not the Sex Pistols, but maybe Public Image, which was Johnny Rotten's second band, which I actually really like, and uh, definitely the Ramones. I really like the Ramones actually a lot. Yeah, cool. It's so fun. So Pat wins it's the so conversation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess because I like the Ramones. So I'm such a fucking hipster. Why is it hipster to like the Ramones now? Or yep. I don't. I mean, uh-huh. it's hipster to like almost. It's hipster no, it's to like hipster the B52s, like, which are awesome. It's, it's, so it's, it's, it's hipster to like Johnny Ramones' second band better than or Johnny Ramones. <laughs> it is. It's objectively better though. <laughs> <laughs> it's a much better band. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, it's Johnny Ramones' other band. It's more way better. Well, I'm, I'm sorry oh, that I happen to agree with hipsters because I'm correct. You know. <laughs> It is a better band. It's more thoughtful. So is this like it's better a, instrumentation. A broken clock is right twice a day. 
Yeah. So the hipsters are right, like twice a day. Twice a day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, no one ever said the hipsters were wrong. I mean, their job is to go out and find good things. A lot of it's good. It is good. You know, I that's what they consider. That's it. their job. It's like you know, I'm a hipster. My job is to find hip things. It's like naturally they're going to find some hip things. That's their job. Like an archaeologist, occasionally they will find a dinosaur. You know. Yeah. That's or some 69. weird sedimentary rock. To D20. Or some sedimentary rock and roll. Yeah, sure. Some black rock and roll. Black metal. Eek. Eek, you're dead. Eek. Eek, you're dead. Hmm. Lay down your soul to the gods rock and roll. Okay, let's start. Welcome <laughs> okay. to the Cinema Underground. I'm Pat Corgan. Hi, Jeff Hi, Brandon. Pat. Hi. I'm an alcoholic. He's talking about me. Okay. So we get Jeff Brandon and... Hey. That's Mark Kitchen and... Hey. That's Andy Davis over there saying hey to the people in the streets with the meat feet. We're also alcoholics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. That's fine. So it's, it's a socially acceptable... Especially during this yeah. time period. Yeah. Why not? Fuck it. Legalizing um, weed too, that's I socially can't, acceptable. I can't speak for Andy. So if you're a weed you addict, which I know is rampant, weed addiction, you know, that's also social. You know the weed heads addiction. Do you know that Oakland just this the city? Yeah. Legalized mushrooms. well not just mushrooms, but all natural hallucinogens. Okay. So yeah, your oh, Hawaiian so baby woodrose seeds, woodrose morning seeds. glory seeds, Amanita. mushroom caps, I don't know what that is. Peyote. It's like the peyote. The caps of the drugs. Yeah. yeah, it's the drug. It's huh. the drugs. That's cool. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Sister lives near there. Yeah. What street? You know, I was thinking about today. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> LSD. You don't want to live in LSD Oakland, synthesized from a mold that comes anymore. from barley. Is that not true? Yes. Yeah. So they think of mold, and so then you got mushrooms. The, mix. Okay. Technically, the the mold itself would be right decriminalized there. Yeah, so you can not do that. Not, not that it's like a lot of air. So you can just lick the mold off your walls, not off of your bread. No, you can just you can make it into like a drink and suck it, suck it down. Mm-hmm. Get oh, the thing up. that that people did before was use it be synthesized into right. Well, yeah, you hear things about like mass hysteria, and it's actually yeah, just like everybody's fire. barley got moldy, oh, wait, or even moldy bread, or maybe they're putting barley on their bread. I don't know how it happened. Yeah, I know what happened. Barley on your bread. You want some barley on your bread? You're gonna be dead. Yeah, that's how they they think. Like, like with the say the witch trials and just like random villages would just go crazy for like yeah. a couple of days. Witch probably burn her. Yeah, probably possibly that. Absolutely. She weighs more than a duck. Yeah, she weighs the same as a duck. That had to be the coolest job to like invent witch logic like that. <laughs> I could anybody could do it, of course, but. I what would, else floats on water? Very tiny stones. <laughs> Very small <laughs> rocks. <laughs> yes. She what else? Into a, newt. a duck. Not better. Yes. So uh. she weighs the same <laughs> as a duck. Precisely. It's a fair cop. Okay. So we're not doing an episode on Body Python, <laughs> although we will eventually. Today we're doing film noir. Or film noir. Uh, two. Part 2. Sequel to Part 1. Indeed. 
So this time we're doing The Big Sleep, 1946, Howard Hawks, and Nocturne, also 1946, Edwin L. Marin is the director on that one. So just as a start to get us into this, I noticed something. So both Nocturne and The Big Sleep deal with an older sister trying to protect a younger sister from the law. The latter, which The Big Sleep, may even have inspired Nocturne, being that they came out in the same year, and I know Nocturne, I don't think there was an original book, there, but there might have been, whoever, if somebody researched it, I didn't. I do not believe but so. But there is an original book for Big Sleep that came out much earlier, early, uh, six to ten years earlier, so they could have got pulled that out of there. It's definitely, there's a, that's a possibility. But the sister in Nocturne is like pure. Yeah, kinda, my you know? kid's sister. Yeah, my kid's, I gotta protect my kid's sister. And of course the stories are play out differently, but because they're different, but there's the sister and the one is pure, the sister and the other is corrupt and kind of like semi-retarded maybe. But they're opposites. They're opposites, right? I feel like they might have seen that and been like, we can do that, but we'll switch it up. Opposites. Switch up good. And they, but yeah, they both Lots came out the same zits. year. And Nocturne is like a B-movie version of the like big Hollywood, The Big Sleep, which was mm-hmm. a big Hollywood movie, you know? That's why it was fucking impossible to find. Yeah, no, oh. Nocturne is, is very hard to find. I uh, had to pay for it on YouTube. Oh. Did you? You didn't pay for it on YouTube. I, knew, I could not find that copy. Uh, really? I, sh- I you just look it up, uh, I up on Google as like the third video shows for Oh, yeah. yeah. I just did it. Gave him two bucks. I said, take my two dollars. Yeah. I'll watch this movie. Yeah. And I did. And I liked it. But I'll convince Matt to reimburse you. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, wait. Can we do that for all the movies? Like no. No. Pay for them and have your boss reimburse us. No, not happening. Uh, it's sure? happening. It'd be a pretty sweet deal for. I him. think it's <laughs> happening. Um, hey, get Matt to reimburse me for these three movies that you're I not watched. on his payroll. You just gotta sell it right. Who cares? You just tell him Pat did it. <laughs> Pat, Pat had to did watch it. it three times. I had to watch it three times. For work in a row. For work. For work. at work. <laughs> at work. At work. I watched this at work, therefore, you pay me. <laughs> While I was working, I watched this movie. It's a so non-taxable reimbursement. I did watch Douglas Sirk's, uh, uh, what was it called? Mall, uh, Life. Art, or, Mall, Mall no? Cop. Yeah, I always watch that. But this was, uh, what the fuck was the name of that movie? It was like The Imitation of Life. It was very good, and I watched it at work. Nice. It was a great movie. Instead of film noir. A lot of, no, it's not a film noir, but it, it's a melodrama. Like oh, me- so like it's like really that. mellow, and then it's dramatic at parts. Mm. So it's like watching a flatlining patient who suddenly comes back to life and then dies again. If it was a wavelength. Oh, this is my cell phone. I think my cellular phone here, Timmy. Okay, I don't. I don't really know how to start this. We could talk about this. The sexuality. That's the main thing I think of when I think of film noir. Sex. And when I think of private detectives, I think of sex. <laughs> Every time. Invariably. Um, yeah. I mean, all the main characters certainly driven uh, uh, both by their, by their jobs or high society mm-hmm. or sex, you know? Right. It's all three, uh, all three of those things. And or. Well, <laughs> both films, I mean, you have... The I don't. What was the name of the actor who played the detective in Nocturne? I wrote it down, but it's uh, way down it's in the uh, notes. Gar- way down. Garn. 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 Or uh, no, it's fucking Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. Yes, Garth, oh, well, Garth Brooks. Exactly. Chris. George Raft. 
George Raft. Okay, George Raft is kind of like a is like a low rent version of mm-hmm. Humphrey Bogart in a lot of ways. He's not yeah. as good as an actor. Humphrey Bogart's like pretty. He's, he's a good actor. Stiffy. He's well. I mean, it's the forties, but mm-hmm. so there's not. It's a different school of acting, but he's definitely George Raft is not as good. But both characters are weird. Sexual things are happening with both men. Like, like one guy lives with his mother. And it's like constantly trying, like he he almost wants to have sex with this lady, but he doesn't have sex with the lady. Mm. But he's always gonna do it. And then there's the same thing with the Big Sleep, except there's a difference in the Big Sleep because in the Big Sleep, the book, he doesn't have sex with anybody. There's no, there's no interact. I mean, him and like Vivian in the book is like a pretty cold bitch, gambling bitch. Like there's no love sequence. Like the banter with her, them on the phone, passing it back and forth. That's not in the book. They don't like fall in love. Right, because there's definitely some sexual right. tension going it's, on between Vivian and, and. That's the point. I mean, like, that's. They, they, they rested the second half of the movie on that sexual tension and, like, them getting together was a thing. Which, maybe it's because I read the book, but didn't feel entirely plausible to me. But the weird, th- the weird thing with the book is Philip Marlowe, he doesn't. There's, like, seven or eight books, he never has sex. Until the, until the like, second to last book, which was. The Long Goodbye, he ends up hooking Are up these with... these all Raymond up, Chandler novels? They're all Raymond Chandler novels, yeah. They end up hooking... He ends up hooking up with somebody, but everything else... Like, in this movie, I don't know, the scenes in the book, and I can't remember if I saw it in the movie when I watched it today, but there's a scene where Carmen Sternwood comes to his apartment, and in the book, she's naked in bed, and he gets his, get out of here! And then he talks about her corrupt body, you know, he wants nothing to do with it, and he, and he, and he tears the sheets off his bed because her nakedness touched them. He's very uncomfortable with sex, wow. is the point. He's very uncomfortable. And, and I think this makes sense because I think when we're talking about film noir, we're talking about private detectives, we're talking about voyeurism, which is like a surrogate for the watcher of the film. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Okay? Oh. So... So he's like, and he's a private detective, which is a naturally voyeuristic profession. So you're looking at a guy whose job is to be a voyeur. Right. So naturally I mean, he's going to have some trouble with actual human physical contact because he likes to observe things. He's a he likes to watch. He know? wants to be in control. Well, he, he well that's I think it is a form of control, but I think he wants to watch more than anything. I don't think he wants to touch the, the human flesh. And also, there's just a, robotic. There's a neo noir movie, which is the sequel to Roman Polanski's Chinatown, which is the sequel is directed by Jack Nicholson. It's called The Two Jakes. And that movie, I think, and, he, and that character is supposed to be a, uh, some Jake Giddis is supposed to be a variation on the Marlowe character, but he also has weird sexual things. Like, there's a scene in The Two Jakes where he's, this woman, they're all hot and heavy, and he's like, okay, pull your pants down, turn around, and do not look at me. And I think they're referencing Marlowe's like problems. That sounds pretty sexuality, hum. you know, problems with like human contact and needing to be stepped back, you know, needing to needing the voyeuristic thing, mm-hmm. which of course calls back to the audience, which is asking you, it's like, is it okay to like these people are fictional, you know? It's is it okay to be voyeuristic? That sort of that's the impulse, you know. That sort of goes along with the the beginning scene where he meets uh, the general. Who looks like right. Professor X? Yeah. You know, that's the first. That's the only time you see him in the whole movie where he looks like totally unkempt. You right. know, is when he's actually has to interact interact oh, yeah. with the client. Yeah, well, he you was know what I also mean. Also in the in the greenhouse. True, but yeah. he was an exceptionally sweaty mess for that. Well, that's because the greenhouse is hot. Because right, he, that right. guy, he's literally yeah. he lives on heat. 
general right, state. But still, yeah. it sort of goes along with that. Well, that the, you're introduced to him as a sweaty mess, and you're never see, you never okay. see him like that Let's again. Let's go a step further with the sexual thing. Because mm -hmm. that's not, I mean, I'm going to make it all about sex. But anyway, Perfect. general story was old man mm -hmm. cannot drink booze. He has to experience <laughs> booze vicariously by watching other people drink and watching other people smoke. Probably he wants to watch other people fuck, right? And he yeah. has dudes. Presumably. Tom sure. Regan. Is it Tom His Regan? His parts don't even work. It's Sean Regan. Sean, Sean Regan. Okay. He, he had this buddy friend who was supposed to sort of work for him, but was mainly the guy's job. He was like a son to him, but also his job was to like live life and bang his daughter, I guess. Right. So he could kind of experience life through him, which is another voyeuristic idea, which calls attention to the voyeuristic nature of watching a movie. Yeah, hey, come live with me and bang my daughter so I can live vicariously through That's you what's banging going on. my daughter. And then when Marlo comes in, it's like... He starts treating him the same way. Like he's, they're immediately buddies. You know, <laughs> immediately. Oh, he's, he's you like, like already got a You like people by fucking daughter. your daughter too? He's like, I'll do that. I can do that for you. <laughs> yeah, and, and and he sits there Lame. getting all sweaty and is like, and he's talking about the orchids. He doesn't even like orchids. They're excuse for the heat. You know. What did he, what did he call the orchids with the? Uh, they're like he said they're like flesh. Yeah, something about flesh. Like oh, there's the sweet rotten. Sweet, like the, the, the sweet smell of rotting flesh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, which is like calling into whole weird carnal fucked upness. I don't know. It's just weird. Like this general sermon is weird. The men in these movies are always weird, you know. And the women are always somewhat like dirty or something. Like there's some sort of like they're associated with be getting yourself unclean, or you be, you know, or maybe becoming a Thoughts. sap. What's that? Thoughts. 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 Yeah. That hoe over there. Thoughts. It's a thing. Thoughts. On the internet. Mm -hmm. Fucking thoughts. I, I don't yeah, Okay. It's the internet. Um, I don't know about the Agnes Lozier. She was like the like dirty woman who like she you know, she was fucking the little guy at the that end. Dot. She was just trying to like I don't know, she was just trying to get away with things with various men and that was her job and Carmen, at least in the book, was far more like she was a gambler. She was sleeping with guys to get to borrow money from them. And then you have the you have the exploitation of the voyeurism of the guys going into the bookshop and get the nudie pictures. You know. Yeah, I was sort of Geiger, wondering about Geiger's that. Geiger's bookshop. You know? Yep. It's all there, man. Geiger. 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 I think he says Geiger in the I movie. Think he, he, he pronounces it Geiger. Yeah. But I believe if you were German, you would pronounce it Geiger. <laughs> But he does not. So there's, there's a scene in the... Go, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to mention this podcast that I listened to with uh, my daughter. Um, it's called Lizard People. Huh. And they talk about um, like conspiracy theories and shit. And um, they have a guest on. And this guest just like pretended he was H.R. Giger for fucking like an hour. Wait, isn't that... H.R. Giger. He has a weird moist voice. Isn't that Geiger? G Geiger? Yeah. yeah I well, some people say, say Giger, but if you hear him, him say it, it says it's it like Giger. It's spelled with an I, right? Just an I. Yeah, I always say Giger. It just sounds cool to me. Yeah. I believe. But when you hear, like, Giger nerds, they always say Giger. But I always say Geiger, because it looks like Geiger, and I like the sound of it It sounds better. It sounds cooler, like, more like dark. H.R. Geiger. H.R. Giger. Hello. Sounds like you're detecting radioactivity. The podcast was just, like, an interview with H.R. Giger Geiger. <laughs> from like, from like his 
from his doom beyond, house. From oh. his beyond death realm. Right. Wait, they interviewed him? Have you guys seen his house? Geiger's house? Oh, no. Yes, it's, it's from got that little miniature. Uh, oh, okay. And he, like, was, like trains his yeah, weird, yeah, silly accent. the train and yeah. the Miniature roller coaster. It was great. It was hilarious. It was fucking hilarious. It was great. Yeah, it was lizard people. Lizard people. Anyway, yeah. house is like a carnival of macabre. It's awesome. He has a little train where you ride through his house and look at all of his weird, dark shit. Geiger's just weird. And also, he's like, he's afraid of like diseases. I guess, really intensely afraid of them. Or was before he died. Probably afraid of diseases. Yeah. As who, wants, who wants to get that's logically afraid of diseases Wait, he, of getting dead. diseases from random things? He, yeah, he's dead. He dead. He dead. He died. When when that happened? Oh, uh, like last year, ago. maybe the year before. Okay. I don't know. Nineties? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> like the two thousands for sure. Yeah. So back to these these penises that don't work. Don't talk about me. Like I that. have to talk about them. It's all I can, you can think about in this movie. Oh, you're not talking about me. Well, it's right. not big, in the, not in the movie The Big Sleep so much, but more in the book. But yeah, for sure, Philip Marlowe. He didn't with well, a bookstore woman. At least in the in the show, he instead of in the movie, he went and had and found. He went after Giger rather than sleeping with the very willing bookstore lady, which was interest, an interesting choice. I mean, he could have got. I mean, he did have to do his job, of course. Which was in the movie, but in the book, it, it was more like I don't know. There was no sexual banter in that scene. Marlowe don't do that. Marlowe's not like that. Well, I mean, there sort of was though. I mean, he had the bottle of booze in, in his yeah, pocket. Oh, in the movie, he's yeah, like, "Oh, absolutely. it's raining. Looks like we're gonna have to spend some time together." Right. That maybe. was the, that was the movie though. I'm saying yeah. in the book. It oh, in the book, it didn't play out oh, okay. like that. Rapey. He wasn't raped. She was into it. She yeah, was like, totally she was it. like, she, she closed locked the, shop the door and locked the door. And he was like, hey, take your fucking glasses off, you nerd. Basically, and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, and took them off and took her hair down. And was like, am I acceptable now for you to jerk off on? And she was like, pretty, pretty much, maybe. We'll but see. We'll see. We'll see about that. But sure. they see the thing is that you was you it's like implied like something happened, but then like something was about to happen. Yeah, but then like her clothes, like their clothes are still like perfectly on. Like yeah, no, there's no, like, no, there's no... That would have been deal. unacceptable for this time period. Right. I mean, they're playing it right. I mean, they, they don't get hung up on Marlowe's weird sexual voyeurism or anything in the movie. It's more the book. And in more movies that reflect late from later noir. And definitely in Nocturne, for sure. Because the whole thing with his mother was just bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, his mother was a cool character, for sure. Like, she, like, helped him solve the crime. Arguably a better detective. Yeah, definitely. But he was a mama's boy, and that was his thing. And, like, everyone should, like, everyone's kind of poking at him. Like, the woman's like, what's your deal, man? Like, he's like, I don't want to live at home with my mom. <laughs> I play Skyrim, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm <laughs> a girl. Basically. There was very awkward interactions, and, like... Yeah, Marlo's not awkward though. Even in the books, he's fucking cool as shit. It's just, you know, he's a private eye through and through. But also, what I thought was interesting, I think private dick. What? Grab a dick? Private dick. Private dick. Because yeah. his dick is private. He but keeps it. Private dick's dick. For some. Oh, the private for dick's some, private not dick. for others. The private dick's dick. Not for private. Lauren Bacall. The private dick's dick is private. That's like a tongue twister. The private dick's dick is private. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Private dick, dick is private. Private dick's private. Private dick. It's <laughs> yeah. private dick, people. You can't say dick. Can't be done. Dick, 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 dick. dick. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Put it Dick. That's it. But also, I think these movies that's good are like right yeah, there. You got it. That's that's upvote that shit. <laughs> but anyway, I think these movies are asking you, what's the point where voyeurism becomes pathological and gross? Mm. Not with Marlo. He's fine. <laughs> the point where you're living with your mother. No. The point where you're fucking sitting outside somebody's window. Exactly. <laughs> but the, I think there's kind of also saying, like, well, if it's just curiosity, if you're just watching a fucking movie, that's okay. That's not yeah, pathological. You do it once. But if you only... Right. But if you, you like... You do it once a week. Eh. Yeah. But, but what if, if you get paid privately to do that? Is that that's, true well, that, voyeurism? No. I mean, nah. it, it could... Well, here's the thing. It could be, but is voyeurism always bad? Is what I was kind of getting at. Is it always pervert? Is it always perverted voyeurism? Because this it shows perverted voyeurism because you have Geiger and what he produ- the shit he produces, which is, and the people kind of people who come into the shop. It may not be perverted by modern standards, but the time you had to go in there and be waved in by the the lozier lady who's a dumbass, mm-hmm. and it was it was a seedy deal back then, you know. And this is like they do that in a lot of movies. Like uh, blow up, blow up had that, which was kind of a neo noir kind of deal. Like, was a detective, but not, he wasn't really a detective, but he functioned as one. And also the two Jakes, which another thing about the two Jakes, there's this Harvey Keitel, the other Jake, which I think is Jake Garner? Jake Berman. That Jake, played by Harvey Keitel. He has cancer of his penis. They don't tell you that right out. But, you know that his wife's cheating on him, A. You know that Jake Giddis is researching him, and he finds out he's going to this doctor, which the doctor relates back to the first movie that's irrelevant here, but he finds out that there's x-rays that it's something in his groin area is the cancer. They never say it's his penis. They never say whether it was like removed or not, but I get the feeling that yeah, this, dick cancer. this guy, he's, a, he's another guy who can only get pleasure vicariously because something's going on with his penis, you know, which, you know, just brings it all back to the sun also rises by Ernest Hemingway. Hmm. Where the guy loses his penis in the war and is basically, what the fuck do I do with myself now? And he just gets hammered every day because he can't have sex. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But, you know, the, 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 but, this guy's, bot play. but this guy doesn't just watch his wife bang other people, which would be the way to go, like breaking the waves. Instead, he kills the guy who's sleeping with his wife. That's, that's becoming pathological. You know, it's going over the line. Yeah. You don't kill people. It's like, not you nice. Can't, you can't fuck your wife. Your dick doesn't work. It's still broken. Just enjoy it. Just like do look at can look do. at look at how much she's enjoying it, and be and happy enjoy for it. her. Be happy that she's happy. I I thought uh, Vivian Rutledge it's like the was most sort perfect of, uh, cuckold Vivian situation, Rutledge, and yes. you're ruining it by being all murdery. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I'm an alpha. Oh, I don't do this. <laughs> I thought she sort of looked like uh, uh, your wife. Who? Which one? Uh, Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall. She, I don't, I don't when see she looks it. like he, I don't see it. Oh wait a second. Wait, who's that? I, lo- I thought the same fucking thing. I think my wife. Oh, was but only like looks good. Bacall is beautiful, but I don't know if they look. I the know. Same. I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought that. I think but. Lauren Bacall is beautiful, but I don't know if my wife. Looks she's no Lauren Bacall. No, she's beautiful. <laughs> she's a lovely, lovely woman. No, probably, yeah, like the but like, a, like something with the nose. Oh, I'll have to the side shot. Angles. The sides, when the I'm, smiley side shot. When I'm masturbating to pictures of Lauren Bacall, I'm not thinking about my wife. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're not. I mean, I am. <laughs> when I'm having no, when I'm having sex with my wife, I'm thinking about Lauren Bacall. When I'm masturbating to pictures of Lauren Bacall, I'm thinking about my wife. Mm. Yeah, 
I mean, you know, I'm always one friend. I'm masturbating to pictures of anybody else I'm thinking about your wife. I get confused yeah. when I masturbate to pictures of Lauren Bacall. <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> what has become of me? Come of me. Uh, that was not good. <laughs> like coming. So wait, you're you're in the act of well, masturbation, yeah. and you have that thought, and then you well, stop. Since since we've gone there, I I find Lauren Bacall <laughs> extremely attractive. Always have, and she's great in this movie. Actually, have not seen to have or have not, which is the Howard Hawks picture before this picture, where he established that he liked Humphrey the Humphrey Bogart Lauren Bacall pairing. They were married, and Truman mm-hmm. Capote made it made a made a snide joke at Humphrey Bogart's expense. expense. Because he said something like, "Oh, it's Humphrey Bogart," or should I say, "Mr. Lauren Bacall," because like it was Truman was implying that she had him wrapped around her little finger. Oh yeah, Humphrey Bogart. Lauren, Lauren Bacall can get the deep. She, she she would have me wrapped around her little finger. Mm-hmm. She could finger me. That's what I'm saying. Oh shit! <laughs> I, I didn't know it at first, but that's what I was saying. But yeah, great stuff. Howard Hawks, though, he's a great director. John Carpenter's favorite director. Really? You know, if you ever seen Rio Bar- Bravo? No. It's got one of the Rat Pack is in it. I can't remember which one. I mean, who's Dean? The Dean Martin. Dean Martin's in it. And like, it's a siege movie. People get trapped. Think of how many fucking Carpenter movies are siege movies. Assault on Precinct Thirteen, Prince of Darkness, sort of arguably Halloween because I mean they are in a house barricading themselves trying mm-hmm. to keep people out. Another great. Well, then you got. I mean, I always think of Hawks. It's, I always get Hawks movies confused with Houston movies because they're both great. And there's Humphrey Bogart in both a lot of times. But yeah, Hawks is rad. They and he did the thing from outer space. But we, that was the one we talked We did an episode on that. We talked about how he didn't get the director credit, but a lot of people say he did direct that movie. He got a producer credit right. on it. But yeah, that was Hawks. And I have some Hawks suggestions on here that are good. So, Hawks, 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 Hawks. Mice. Oh, Voles. Rio Bravo and the thing. These are all suggestions from a hawk. From a hawk, 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 hawk. Mice, Voles, Moles. Yeah, but John Carpenter. He's compared to Hawks because of his Siege movies and the ability to go from genre to genre. You know, Hawks did... Hawks did... Wait, what did Hawks? Yeah, Hawks did the Maltese Falcon, or no? That was Houston. I'm sorry, that would have been Houston. There were uh, multiple. The, yeah, yeah, I was, I was hoping somebody would the pick the Maltese Falcon. That's a great movie. I dude. almost did. Yeah, excellent movie. It also has Harry Jones, like the weird little guy that's dating a Lozier at the end, and she like he dies, and he's like, "Oh, you don't care that he died," you know. The little guy who he like kind of establishes this quick bromance with, which like that's the thing with Marlowe. He's always making these little bromances. Hey, what did you pick? What was your pick? My pick was uh, Stranger Than a Train. Oh, okay. That's that a good, the good pick. Mm-hmm. Kind of movie. Have you ever seen Maltese Falcon? No. Mm-hmm. It's very good. It's it's kind of the originator of the idea of the MacGuffin. Do you guys know what the MacGuffin is? The MacGuffin is an object or an idea, usually an object that propels the plot, but isn't in itself important. So they're all looking for the Maltese Falcon, but the Maltese they're Falcon looking for the MacGuffin. may not be important, and it may or, or and it may not even be real. It may not be what they think it is. It may not be this like artifact that the legend or the provenance states that it is. But they're still all after it. It makes the plot move forward. It's the interactions between the people is what you really want to see, mm-hmm. and you need the MacGuffin to get it moving, just like in Pulp Fiction, where they have the thing in the the, the golden the aura thing in the briefcase. Mm-hmm. That's the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. It's like. It's making the entire plot happen, 
but we don't know what it is, and it doesn't even really matter. But yeah, that's the MacGuffin, which is which gets later talked about in noir movies. They actually start addressing the MacGuffin and saying it is a MacGuffin. I think Naked City was the one I'm thinking of, but pretty cool. But let me just name a couple of John Huston films with Bogart that are really great. Maltese Falcon, of course, we just said. The Treasure of Sierra Madre, excellent movie. Key Largo is a great siege movie, not Hawks, but good siege movie. And the yeah, Afri- Trump likes the that African one. Queen. Trump likes that one, The Treasure of Sierra Madre. No, Key well, Largo. Key Largo. Hmm. Oh, because that's where uh, what's this place is called? Is that what's this place called again? Trump Mar-a-Lago? Trumpville. Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> oh, Mar-a-Lago. That's okay. Mar-a-Lago. Okay. That might be a totally different island. To yeah, probably. I imagine it is, but. But also, there were definitely siege elements in this, too. Like, where they're always right. going back to Giger's house there. Mm-hmm. And the, at first, right. he was assaulting <laughs> Giger. And then he defended it at the very end, you know. Yeah. He got him trapped. And there's, like, assaults from all sorts of different angles. There. Sure. Wait, what? Sieges. Lots of siege. salt. That's what he salt. said. There was, like, a salt flat. Salty siege. Yes. Giger died in the beginning. Right. Oh, okay. But they keep going but back they, to his they house. Because Eddie Mars owns the house. Right. There was something Geiger. I found weird like in the other Geiger. movie. Yeah, Geiger. Yeah. There was something I found weird in the other movie, like the, like the, uh, the estate employees were there for like weeks after the guy died. What? Uh, in um oh. the other movie. Okay. What was the other movie? Nocturne. Nocturne. Yeah. Like the. Uh, the houseboy and the maid, they were there for like... Right, after their They employee. were there for like weeks after the guy died. Mm-hmm. Like, working. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just very yeah. strange. Wait, did anybody else think... Uh, well, there was definitely something up with the Car- Carmen. Carmen uh, Sternwood. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Where? In the Where world? in the world is Carmen Sternwood probably blowing some guy? But yeah, she was like... She had, like, borderline personality oh, disorder is. or something. She, like, sucked her oh, thumb, which yeah. was kind of weird. Yeah. Weird. yeah, she was weird, and then she, like, had to remind herself not to suck her and thumb. And then, like... She, well, she only did that she, once. She, well, I think it's maybe arrested development, for sure. Yeah, because they're rich. you're cute. Right. She's like, oh, you're cute. And it's weird. It's, like, very trivial, but in the you're book cute. she says, you're your tall. Thumb, and he says, I don't try to be. But in the movie she says, you're not that tall. And he says, I try to be. Because the character in the book is tall. Humphrey Bogart's not tall. Oh, clever clever they just switched it up mm-hmm. to to accommodate humphrey bogart who's like you know i like his Marlowe. it's a good Marlowe. there's a lot of Marlowe's out there you know there's the Marlowe from murder my sweet which is like this very nerdy kind of almost victorian but not british Marlowe, which i don't like Marlowe's got to be rough I mean, a little rough definitely sort of sardonic I like some sarcasm from my Marlowe's. if you ever see a great neo-noir is uh robert altman's the long goodbye which is the the last, I consider it the last novel by Raymond Chandler because Playback is considered to be an inferior novel that he wrote while he was mostly wasted because most of his career he had stopped drinking because he had a really bad alcohol problem before he became a writer who would constantly cheat on his wife who was oddly like 30 years older than him. Hmm. Like, So yeah, so then by this time, so he, he shits out Playback basically and then doesn't finish Poodle Springs but it does get pu- published Poodle Springs? posthumously. Poodle Springs was his last book. Hmm that wasn't finished. 
It's a weird. It's about jumping <laughs> dogs. It's about jumping dogs. It's about it's just like the the, the fucking oh, poodle the nefarious poodle springs evil center of dog sh- dog show the dog show world. It's like best in, <laughs> it's essentially best in show with a detective. But with a dark twist. With a dark twist. Weird dark twist. voyeurism. Yeah, weird voyeurism. I'm looking at dogs like yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you want to breed with a poodle? oh look at that. You ever I look at that love Chinese crosses. <laughs> Absolutely. But this movie, because I mentioned Robert Altman, this movie has awesome naturalistic dialogue that I don't ever see in this era. Because they do the thing where they have people talking over each other a little bit, which you don't see in movies because everything's very deliberate. Because it's a movie, because you have to move the plot forward. Everything's supposed to move the plot forward. But when you have people talking over one another in the movie, that seems weird, but it also seems very natural, and they did that a little bit here. And I think maybe where? I, Robert Altman, I know, was a fan of uh, Howard Hawks, who wasn't. So maybe he picked that up from him because John or uh, 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 the last guy I said, Altman, Robert Altman, yeah, he his movies he does this thing where he has people's conversations both going on at the same time. I I'm sorry, there's a silence because I just rolled four d twenties and got eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. You're magical. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, magic, chaos, magic. Yeah. It's chaos magic. So many D20s. That means something smarts about to happen. Yeah. What do you get now? Significant. Uh, two, 13, 14, 19. Oh, Jesus That's Christ. also significant. Yeah. Somehow. Indeed. I agree. Depends on, depends on what kind of skill we're rolling for. I mean. Right. Got to roll for those skills. If it was deception, it would be like, that's what's up. Accept yourself. Accept yourself. Because I'm so deceptive. You're like a, like a, what do you call them? Rogue? Private. A rogue. Sure. Private detective. I was going to say more like those ninjas. Private dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Private, Private dick. dick. This is, everyone, even back then, they, every time they said that, they had to be like, in their head, like, <laughs> Private dick. <laughs> nice. <laughs> dick. You're a, you're a, you're a real dick. You're P. Dick. He's a guy sure am. What was up with Colin? What was up with? I need a tail job. <laughs> On your. <laughs> I got this dick's gonna give me a tail job. So what? Well, okay, calling Richard Dick. People name. Yeah. What Richard the fuck dick. is that? People don't really. It's do like that Henry anymore. and Hank. It doesn't make any uh, sense. Oh no, dude. There's a there's a dude. Just like in our club. But you, well, you have to like, choose. People it. call him yeah. Dick. He choose. You choose. You I call him Dick that. or you call him Rick. Yeah. You call me Dick. You call me Rick. But don't call me late for dinner. What do you call him, Rich? No, no. Well, I'm saying in general, Rich. No, no Rich. you call him Dick, or you call him Rick. There are. There's so no, many no, ones. There's so Rich, many though. nicknames for Richard. Yeah, it is. What, like hard. Rich is. Rich is. Yo, hard. Rick. Rick. Richard. Yeah. Well, that's what Rick. would Rick be short for? Rickles. Rickled. Uh. Rick. 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 Uh, Rick and Patrick. Yeah, Nobody calls Patrick. <laughs> Rick. Call him Pat. <laughs> call me Pat. <laughs> Pitch. That's like a combination of Pat and Yeah, okay. I guess you're right. I don't know. I never pick. I never made that connection. Okay. Pick Corgan. Pick Corgan. Pick your Corgan. Pick your Corgan wisely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. So yeah. Great naturalist dialogue. People talking over each other. I love that shit. Makes me hard in my butt. Yeah. 
But yeah, I love how my other conversations overlap. But what's cool about that is it's naturalistic, but if you have the conversations all relevant to the plot and all reflecting each other, it furthers the central conceit when of the happen? film. It happens like in very brief, quick moments. You'll have one person saying something over here, Humphrey Bucker is saying, and then it'll split off and focus on one of the conversations. Robert Altman doesn't do that, though. He just plays out both conversations at the same time, but they're both usually relevant to the plot, and you have to choose which one you're going to listen to. Oh, nice. Which is fucking smart. Mm-hmm. He overdoes it sometimes, though. And sometimes the background conversation will be irrelevant. And you're like, okay. So you pick the wrong one. <laughs> you oh, pick the wrong fuck. one and you're following your life. What's going on now? When is that cheeseburger going to show up? <laughs> you just ordered them fucking 45 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It could happen. When he was shut down by the DA, I think there was some of that was, going on. I stayed in Rochester last night and we, uh, we ordered... Um, Dick. We ordered, like... Uh, dinosaur barbecue through grub. Ooh, smart. Okay. Yeah. How expensive they is dinosaur grub barbecue? Mm-hmm. Okay. They had a version of There's it in Florida. It was so Rogers. expensive, yeah. though. What? They had a version of Grubhub. It wasn't Grubhub. It was pre-Grubhub. It was pre-Uber. It was pre-all that. But in, they had this thing in Florida where they would go pick up food from anywhere for you, but it was so expensive. Yeah, no. Grubhub is like, not, though. Right? Yeah, no. It's great. Like yeah, it's, it's the perfect yeah, world like, for people like me. It's Instacart, like, this is the cost of the food. I leave my house. Tip your driver. You should give right. him $5 at least. Even though it, is, <laughs> it probably gives them a tip automatically, though, right? Oh, uh, well, no, they make money. No. Uh, they're making money. Instacart, it does. The, the, and then we tip them They're anyway. being paid a, a an hourly salary, which is less than minimum wage. Right. But, that's, like, a, that's how tipping works, yeah. But wait, how do you know it's less than that? So now reservoir dogs. Okay, never mind. Because it's like a it's like a server. They're like they're like servers in a mm-hmm. restaurant. It's the service industry, right? Isn't that how that works? That's they get paid hourly rate. As where construction. But the only service people oh, don't make money. That's why. Can really okay. like people that always ask me, they're like, "Hey, it's great making rates." And I'm like, "Yeah, better." I mean, like cook you, that service. <laughs> I get, I get, I don't get paid on your minimum. Right. So you get paid minimum, and then like you get tipped out from like the community tip thing. Yeah, maybe. Right. Yeah. When I worked at Hole in the Wall, we're like hole in a butt. Anyway, yeah, they had this thing where like we worked for minimum wage. Like I'm getting I'm getting salty here, but yeah, and then but then like everybody gets tipped out. But if you don't make minimum wage. Before the tips, they'll bump it up to minimum wage for you. But ultimately, they, like nobody goes in there, so everybody just seems to get minimum wage. It's a That's trap. That's weird because it's a they trap. have such good pesto and stuff. No, it's they, good. They, I mean, they do have good pesto. I don't know if that's like, how it worked for everybody. Yeah, it's so fucking expensive. This is like 20 bucks for like a fucking like half ounce container of pesto. You're just right. like, um, It's needlessly no. expensive. I'm Plus, not gonna, I'm not going to pay that. Right. This is, yeah. This go is to really, Wegmans. This is really good, but. Go to Wegmans. Go to the fucking dump. Go to the olive bar. The Greek bar. Is it called the olive bar? The Greek mm-hmm. bar. I don't know. But they have just a big pile the of great bar? pesto. No, in Wegmans. Oh. And you just scoop it up and put it in a cup. It's nice. It's cheap. You know? That's good pesto. Nice. It's plenty fine. You could just drink it right there. I'm not all that crazy. <laughs> just chug it. Just stick your that's face that's in there. That's pretty great. I like to be inside and, and put it back. Like in Gremlins 2 and pop out of the buffet and scare somebody. Mm-hmm. I just watched mm-hmm. Gremlins and Gremlins 2. I watched Gremlins last night. I watched Gremlins 2 today. Oh. I love both those movies. They're great. Mm. I mean, they're, they're entertaining for sure. Mm. What's fun about those movies is the first one's written by Chris Columbus. It's very smart. Christopher Columbus wrote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing he did when he got to the New World is he like killed a few Indians and then he made Gremlins. Gremlins. Then Gremlins too. 
But no, in Gremlins 2, he had Genius. nothing to do with Joe Dante, who directed Gremlins, both wrote and directed Gremlins 2. That's why it's so fucking crazy. Because Joe Dante is a, like a slapstick guy. You know? So he made it all like self-referencing. There's a scene with the Hulk in the middle where the movie stops and he's in the theater and he's like, Hey, start Gremlins 2 again! We're on the Hulkamania! I don't know what he does. He lets out the Hulk. He drops his bomb on it. I don't fucking know, but he's in there. It's all very like meta shit. It's cheeky. Cheeky fun. Speaking of cheeky fun, like Hulk Hogan? Never mind. Or Bruce Banner. Or Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. Right. Bruce Mania. Okay, so before we move on from the big sleep, I just wanted to look at some individual scenes that I thought were really bitchin'. Really bitchin' hard. Bitchin' hardcore. Let's see. The first one is like, I really liked the uh, cheeky singing scene where uh, Lauren Bacall sings and her tears flowed like wine. And there were rumors that some singer called Andy Williams dubbed Bacall singing. That's not true. It was Bacall's voice. Really? Because I, I, I read a couple things that said that, oh, it was a dub. It's not. Ooh. It's not. That's a rumor. Spicy. This is the, from the general trivia on the Amazon, which I trust with all my heart. I mean, it could be false, but, you know, that's what it said. It said that there's a rumor that this Andy Andy Williams did it, but that's untrue, and it was Bacall's voice. What kind of, what, imagine someone, so is that, like, user-generated, like, trivia? I don't know how that happens. like, someone could just, like... I was just thinking they get they hire, like, five guys to, like, research shit and come up with something. I mean, probably, like, like 500 guys, but, like... It's funny if, like, just someone's, like, their, like, thing that they, they, they do is they just make fake trivia. That's, that's, that's all I, I love things like that. I love the dis- idea of, like, deliberate disinformation. There was a little bit of that in Fight Club, like, you, you can use your old motor oil to fertilize your lawn. They'd put up signs like that. Like, I love the idea of doing that and, like, fake Craigslist ads and stuff. Tide pods get high. Anarchy, man. Anarchy. Yeah, so Agnes, Agnes Logier was the bookshop. She was the, pr- yeah, the dirty bookshop. Who were, he went in there and told her about the, the books that didn't exist and she didn't know that. And then he went over there to the nerdy lady and was like, hey, you know, I had like a weird intellectual moment. Because Marlowe, they do state in this movie, he is a college graduate, which is not as common as it is now in this time period. So we're supposed to, having heard that, we're supposed to imagine that Marlowe is smarter than everyone else that he's talking to at that time. Where now is going to college, you can assume that that person is maybe dumber than most people he will talk to. It was not like that. Then. Which would explain his, his awkwardness with, with women. Right. He's yeah. He's a, he's a he's an academic. Then he was a cop, or no? He worked for the DA. I I don't. Mm-hmm. I guess he was a cop. And then he got fired for insubordination. He rates really high in insubordination, which of course that's his. He's an anti-authority. That's his thing. He's an individualist, right? And he doesn't get in trouble for like no. fucking around with people, right? It was interesting though. This was during uh, World War Two. Yeah. So there were all these restrictions, and he had a special card. He had a special registration on his vehicle that said he could get more gas than other people, because there was a gas. They were rationing gas. Like people, when you went to go get gas, like you couldn't get it over a certain amount, which is weird. It's just like, cause can't they just keep coming back and refill? Right. I just come back five minutes, later, or then maybe they'd be like, "No, you're here." So right. It's not like they had digital records of right. those. But, I mean, I'm sure it was maybe partially the honor system, but... And I, and I had a question on my notes. It's like, how come 
everybody just has like their name and where they live and shit on all their cars. It's because of that fact, obviously. Right. Like yeah. when it was like Irrational. breaking into people's They're cars. They're other things like food then, and it's just like that's what was going on. You don't think that was happening in America? I think of more like England, World War Two, who was actually being bombed. But no, it was happening mm-hmm. in America too, for sure. And you had, yeah. And they talk about something else, like red stamps or something. That's like a reference to things they use. Like you had to bring in some kind of form of stamp to get a certain amount of food for yourself. Because we're rationing for the war. Because we need, you know, we need to send the goods to the war first. And yeah. And the other scene I want to talk about is the car scene. Well, they, oh yeah, the car scene is different than in the book. Like you know, it gets all cheeky. I don't remember how it's different. I wrote a paper on it at one point, but there's very different scenes. When he picks up Vivian. When he picks up Vivian, and then he keeps saying, like, what does Eddie Mars have on you? He's like, kissing is good, but uh, what does Eddie Mars got on you? And, like, then eventually they end up making out. In the book, obviously, it doesn't quite go like that. I think there is, like, a moment where they, like, kiss, but then he backs off, and it's just, like, straight up, like, no, what the fuck does Eddie Mars have on you? Like, no fucky-fucky until I find out, which in the movie was a little different. Mm Mm-hmm. He was like, well, fuck you, fuck you, sure, but I also would like to know. Like why he's robbing you right right, right outside of his casino. Right. Which the plot's... Some of the plot gets convoluted. Obviously, there's the whole Owen Taylor thing, and like when they called Raymond Chandler during the writing of this and said, like, who killed Owen Taylor? And he said, I do not know. Like, it was some of the characters... Things get so, mixed up. I just thought know. of something. So, in this whole thing, because he's like, oh, you guys set this up to... to so then that the guy would rob the money from you just to make mm-hmm. it look like there's nothing going on between them right but the thing is is that was on um a blackjack table right how would you fucking set that up i don't know i don't remember the details enough to really say but mars it must have been a crooked gambling establishment yeah i think i think what no that everyone was there they were watching she just, right she bet she had fourteen thousand, and she bet that all uh-huh. on the table and then she he took it. Oh, I remember why that was because he so he takes her money because he's been loaning her money this whole time. So this no, no, is a, he gave her no 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 she he, won that money she oh, won the money and then okay. the whole thing is because she wins the money then she goes in the parking lot then the guy robs her tries to rob her and then oh, he stops right. her from robbing her then when they're driving away in the car he's like oh you guys set that up because you're just trying to it's a clever ploy because you want me to think that there's nothing going on between you but I know there's something oh, okay. going on between you okay. but and she wouldn't show him the money yeah she wouldn't show him the money but like how could they have set the blackjack table up. How could they have made it? Made it so she got the correct cards won. and won. Yeah. I don't know. Not, they did not have that technology. Wait, wait, not, not blackjack. Uh, it was the spinny thing. Oh, roulette. Well, that'd be much harder. That's you what I mean. You couldn't just slip in yeah. the cards. Yeah. You'd have to make the table, which they did do that in certain, I mean, there's like a little thing under the table. You well, can stop it, it at like certain magnets? points, but you still can't predict where the ball is going to land even yeah. then. I mean, you could use magnets for sure. Isn't that a thing? Doesn't there like some magnets? How do they work? How do magnets work? Magnets. Nobody knows. It's mm-hmm. a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle, man. Ask God. Uh, ask SCP. Yeah, they are God. That's what I meant. <laughs> ICP is God. It's a trick question. Trick question. Mm-hmm. Acid God? Acid God. This is the name for a doom band. Acid God, of course. I mean, you got Acid Witch. You got, like, other acid names. In, yeah. I got tons of yeah. acid names. I'm all acid names. <laughs> I'm oozing acid names for my pores. 
Yeah. Well, we didn't mention... I mean, I was trying to me- mention as many other Humphrey Bogart films as I could, but Casablanca we didn't mention. That's no. a great movie. I always loved Casablanca a, as a yeah, kid. Me too. Pop it in. I just thought, you know, well, movies were really like, oh, it's black and white, it's going to suck, and I was just, like, totally, like, mind-blown. Like, me too. Was fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Which was, like, Martiz directed it or something. When I looked up stuff he directed, I recognized nothing else. He's no Hawks or... You know, just one of those movies like Lightning in a Bottle. It's a great movie. Hawks is awesome. He just plays... Not Hawks. I mean, Bogart is awesome. He just plays a great hard-ass. I mean, he can only really play a hard-ass, so it's kind of weird that I'm commending his ability to play one type of role, but he just does it so well. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well have the one-dimensional roles for that role. Mm Mm-hmm. He's Bogart. One-dimensional people, rather. Yeah. You know, he plays Sam Spade in Maltese Falcon, which is like a very, is like a proto, proto Philip Marlowe. I mean, Sam Spade is just like a fatalistic hard ass, and Philip Marlowe is like a fatalistic hard ass with a slight romantic streak. That's kind of the deal. And, and Raymond Chandler, when he was started writing for the Pulps, he like him and Chan, him and Dashiell Hammett, who wrote the Maltese Falcon. We're both writing for the pub at the same time, and he wrote this essay called The Simple Art of Murder, which is basically just praising Dashiell Hammett for having realism in his work. Like, it wasn't about the mystery. It was about the, like, blood and the killing and, like, the chaos. Like, this movie was chaos. Like, basically just the chaos that emits from having multiple people who all want different things, everyone's trying to get something over on somebody else. It's really the people's desires that... It's motive-based. Creates this, like, controlled, filmed chaos. Yeah, it's very motive-based. Like, it's not just, like, you know, just, like, one person... Good versus evil. Good versus evil, not at all. It's nothing like that. It's just, like, the chaos that comes from people's desires. Like, super cool. I mean, maybe we should talk a little bit about Nocturne now. Yar. Nocturne. Nocturne. I mean, what kind of guy has all his, like, hookups pictures on the wall. That, yeah, that guy was a dick. That was yeah. the whole, I mean, that was, was a thing. He was a grotesque fucking manlet. He was a dickhole, and you got that immediately when the movie started. Yeah. And he's playing that song. You're it's my like, nocturne. hey, I liked you, but you're done. You're gone. Yeah, it's all kind of... Look at, when the song, when the Look song. at all these women that I'm fucking... Or I fucked... Yeah. What do I need you for? Yeah. When the song is over... Oh. We're over. Dolores. Oh, shit. Yeah. And with, with her, she was almost kind of like, she was like this pure character. It's like hard to imagine, like, doing that to her. And the sister would take the fall, and, mm-hmm. like, that it was all orchestrated by that other piano player. Who was, Fingers. It was a sap, dude, because, like, I mean, yeah, your wife fucked another guy. Get over it. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. But basically, so he said he was up there, and he didn't decide, he just didn't decide to kill him until, until what? Uh, until, until he saw uh, what he, dick he was, right? Yeah, yeah. Like until, he, oh, he was like, if he was gonna marry her, then that's okay. But if she's just another chick for your wall, then you're dead. Like, I'm not gonna let that happen to the woman I love. Right, Car- which is commendable in a way. Right, I think they were married, and she started seeing him, and he was like, "I'm gonna mm-hmm. show you what kind." Of, Fingers was like, "I'm gonna show you what kind of dude Vincent is." Right, that yeah, that was the uh, that was the point of going up there with her, for sure. But then, obviously. He got really mad when it's when like, he saw what type of a dude he was. So look yeah. at all these women on his wall. Now it seems sort yeah. of convoluted how you went about all that. I could see how covering your tracks using spoiler alert and he used a blank 
to fake a suicide. Right. Yeah. Yeah, to fake the suicide, they used the blanks. They could get the powder on his hand. Mm-hmm. And, that, and clearly, Fingers had been thinking about that for a long time, as uh, Joe, War- Joe Warren says, because he had, a, he had the plan, or he'd been keeping his back pocket for if he happened to kill somebody or something. But he right. had the gun, he had the blanks, he had it all with him. And when he was negotiating at the end, trying to make himself sound like a good guy, which, in a sense, he's not that bad. He's just in a bad position. And there's a bad guy, and he happened to kill him. But also, not, the damning thing is that he brought the gun and the blanks, so he was ready for something. It was premeditated. It was obviously premeditated. And who the fuck admits that to a cop? Yeah, that's weird. That whole, now, uh, that, that, oh, the whole admitting thing is fucking weird. But like, it's such a classic noir trope. Like, they can't, like, let things be ambiguous, even though they are... Even though the sexual side of it is super ambiguous. Right, there's definitely undertones in this movie, but not with the actual plot. They just give you the plot. Well, that's another thing about noir. It's like, it's not not like a Sherlock Holmes thing. It's not like we're finding clues and we're... There's a little bit of that. It's not a whodunit. It's like, gradually, we just are told who did it. It's like, we just gotta prove it. Yeah. Yeah, gradually we're told who did it. We're just gonna find. But, for instance, when I saw the young woman, the the sister who wasn't... um, Mm-hmm. Wait, was her name Susan? Or there's Carol and Susan, right? I don't remember. Which, I don't remember which was which. Or uh, no, Francis is Francis? the other one. Kid okay. sister. What's the kid sister's name? Francis. Car- oh, Carol. Carol. So there's Francis and Carol. For, oh, yeah. So I don't remember what I was gonna say now. But Carol. She's the, she's the nightclub yeah, singer. Definitely. She's plugged in. You yeah, know. but she's she also seems like she wouldn't. I mean, it's hard to imagine her. Like being unfaithful, but I mean, why you know? Why is it hard to imagine? Because she's blonde and like kind of cutesy and kind of dumb, maybe you know. And I mean, these were apparently uh, pianos were like the highest, you know, quality instrument you could own back in the day. Like there, that bar owner when uh, it, during the fight scene, yeah, eleven $1, hundred. That's $15,000. But why did Joe Warren even do that? He was just heated yeah. and ripped it apart. <laughs> right. It's like I'll fucking destroy your player piano. Like, it's like a Marlowe thing. Like That's why I think right. they based this on like Chandler a little bit, because Marlowe's known to lose it on occasion. Right. Which this character was so subdued, Like I just right. didn't think he would do something like that. Right. It, it almost subdued. It makes you want to think he's calculating, so, but so I don't can, think like, he's as calculating. His one at a time. No, remember this? No. What? Let me have my mother play that for you. That's the thing. There's such a contrast between. The fucking, what's the dude's name again? Not fingers. The other piano player is a total. Vincent. Vincent. There's the contrast between Vincent with all the pictures of the women on his wall and the detective, played by George Raft, Joe Warren, who lives with his mother, and gets zero tail. And it's almost like they're pushing that. They're like saying like, okay, here's a guy who always gets laid and then he gets shot. And then you have the detective, who has like seen a pussy like twice in his life. Once being his mom. Once was his mother's. Yeah, <laughs> once being his dead body. Yeah, he's just soon so not a sexual person. But of course he goes. I mean, him and Carol have this sort of underlying chemistry that he's mostly exploiting for information. 
because he thinks she's the killer, but also he wants to give in a little bit. He wants to get. He wants to lose. He wants to lose his cherry. He wants Francis' sweet, sweet ass, which is a lot like the Wicker Man. You get that. Ooh, we get that cherry cop. You know, you guys seen the Wicker Man? The cops, an ex-priest. So the idea is that they want to sacrifice a virgin. So they figure out somehow that this cop is an ex-priest and therefore a virgin. So they make a false missing person statement so the cop will come to the island and they can burn him in the wicker man after fucking with his head for about a week hmm. that's the plot of the wicker man it's a great movie surprise he's not a virgin surprise he's like surprise many priests and nuns but yeah Yo, time not that it matters because it's not going to affect the crops anyway these pagan idiots mm-hmm. speaking of pagan idiots Jeff and I saw Your Midsummer. Ooh, that was um, very weird it was very weird very enjoyable mm-hmm. but very folk horror very pagan they go to basically they go to Sweden and there's like a sort of pagan I don't know what you call that the people who worship Odin um, some century festival yeah they have some century festival and shit gets real creepy real fast but yeah it's a lot like Wicker Man though it's like a mod it's like a, it's the modern Wicker Man really mm-hmm. and, and it's good it's definitely it's good. good it's got already yeah, nice nice tropes all wrapped up into it you know there's a lot of good stuff like that you got Mandy you got Hereditary which was also Ari Aster from was the director Midsummer. anyway that's just that's just on the side so back to Nocturne so you got a guy who's just lives with his mom and has a weird relationship with his mother I feel like it's just they're too close yeah, close. They're, they're, they're that, tight. They're kind of tight, but she's in, but she's spry though. She's like going out, like, yeah. playing cards with her friends. It's not. He's not there to take care let of me, her. Let me show you how this murder works. Right. Yeah. Here's this gun. Right. Did she? F- I don't remember yeah, exactly. Yeah, she was. She, she was the like, one. She figured it out, right? Yeah. The blanks. Yeah. It's like it was just blanks. Which don't shoot a fucking blank. Well, they're in just blanks, face. That's right? Not safe, dude. Because there is a small explosion that occurs, so you should not do that. And he's sitting there with the shit on his face. I mean, she didn't really figure it out. She kind of just set up the situation where he could figure it out really quickly. Right. And which is which is weird. Like at the time, apparently that those scenes were in there for like comedic relief. Right. Which is same with Big Sleep. But, but now, yeah. ooh, excuse that was me. Cool. It's <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> But, like, in modern-day times, like, that's, like, an actual, like, plot driving point, you know? Mm-hmm. You well, know, it's, it like, it's actually thing. her who tipped him off, you know, right. rather than him figuring out himself from, like, a, a really, hero point of view. These movies have to have this banter, they have to have these banter moments, like, with Lauren Bacall and Hoverboarder and Big Sleep, like, the phone thing where they kept passing it back and forth. Right. Like, it's so, like, superfluous, like, you don't need that scene. It kind of establishes... Their relationship a little bit, but I, I, it's, I don't know. Right, like for me, the it things that feels was unnecessary uh, to me, but right, this opinion, I like the it. things that yeah. that sort of like that was like for them back in that day. That was sort of like the fun, humorously humorous stuff. I thought more humorous was like the banter and shit. They're like, oh, honey, I'm gonna go emote. <laughs> You know, and uh, Francis when she okay. when he when Joe accosted her on stage, right uh, right before her, oh, okay. uh, she was some. Um, Go away, That's honey! I'm gonna emote. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and um, when uh, he's waiting 
for uh, Francis in her uh-huh. apartment after he pushes uh, that weird dude into the pool. Uh-huh. He was like... Torp? Was it Torp? Yeah, no, 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 no. Just the random pool block. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot like, about that. Oh, that's the hardest block I've ever seen. I was like, yeah. that's where cock block comes from? Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see. This. See, that's what I blocked your cock. Yeah. You should be guiding his cock. But, Yeah. There's just, I mean, it's weird because this character feels old to me. Older than Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's trying to be that character, but he just doesn't quite make it. Like, he seems yeah. old is the main problem. He seems kind of old and, like, frail and useless. He's, I mean, you know, it's cool that he's, like, going after a crime that, like, nobody wants him to go after. It's a lot like a lot of detective things, like True Detective, for instance, where they're, like, pursuing this crime that, like, there's always the boss man coming down on you like you're giving me shit the DA's coming down on my ass I gotta come down on your ass and everybody's ass is gonna get cummed on like Mm -hmm. it's like that and yeah it's the same type of type of deal with this guy he's going after a case that he's not supposed to be going after he keeps losing allies he punched that one guy in the face who was supposed to be one of his cop buddies which was like he wasn't really in his way it's not like it it solved anything he just got Yeah, He's well, like, well, I'm bringing well, him down. Yeah, well, um, he could have just been like, no, and then not went. I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm not right, going, what is he going to Well, I guess. But he's a hard ass. We're supposed to get that. I'm just, my right. point he again, was not, I just don't buy George Raft is that much. I mean, I guess he more movies with him. Maybe he's known to be a hard ass, but I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, I, I feel that, too. And on a side note, apparently he was always played as a hard ass in all yeah. of his other movies. This was right. his first, like, softy so, good yeah. guy okay. role. And he okay. hung out, apparently, with gangsters from Hell Kitchen right. in New York City. Like, in for real. For real. He's right. from Hell's Kitchen, yeah. Okay. Which I thought well, was very strange. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe he's trying to play it soft here. Right. You know? He wanted to be typecast differently, but I don't understand. You got a good... Uh-huh. Role? Why not? Yeah. Fit, so why not play, fit your persona? Do you usually play villains? Is that the yeah? Idea? Yeah. Oh, usually okay. play George like Draft is a and thug and ass villain. Gangsta. 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 Okay. Cool. So, and what about that one chick? What was the one girl's name who was like his maid? Right. Um, who hated his music? Yeah, the, it was fucking weird. Cause her she character didn't have, is like, weird. Any fucking relevance? To not really. She was there and she gets beat up because she knows what happened, essentially. Like Which is another reason not to like fingers. Right, same with the boxing, the boxing, the boxing ass, uh, not pool boy, but the the house cleaner man, the, the oh, errand yeah. getter. Oh, house yeah. Boy. House, the house, house boy. boy. Which has got to be weird to be the, the maid and the house boy of this guy who's just constantly banging. It's just awkward, kind of just like, like, can you go yeah, away? No, he called him all Dolores. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was so creepy they about it. So uh, it's like a Ted Bundy thing. He probably had some like original girl who he was had the hots for, and she dumped him. And ever since then, he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna bang every girl and make them miserable, and call him Dolores until I meet Dolores again, and I'll kill her." Yeah, I, that's exactly Ted Bundy's story. Except there was more like necrophilia with Ted Bundy, but this guy's this guy's a dick. That's all I'm saying. And his music was stupid. And then how though I didn't like the way he was singing it. He was talk singing it. Kind of trying to come up with the lyrics as he went. He's like, "You're my nocturne." It's like, yeah, we get it. The song's called Nocturne. Stick to your piano composing. Yeah, composing. Stop singing. Get fingers in here. He's more jaunty and fun. 
and it's better to have a lady singer, which maybe the guy wasn't a singer piano player. Maybe he was a piano player and he would have singers or something. But whatever. You smell like Elton John. You're my nocturne. So he'd always get a painting. And what happened with the painting? Because, like, he had the painting of Francis. Right. And then it got taken. Right. Francis Francis took her own Own picture. Right. But then there was a thing where there was a picture of Carol. Like, there was, like, they were trying to trick him or something. That Carol's picture was up on the wall and not Francis to kind of put the heat on Carol. And Carol went in for this? Like, what? I believe that's how. Carol went in for this because she she was in love with it. You're right. No. Or tried to, was no. fallen. Francis, is Francis the blonde who's in love with fingers? No, Francis is I'm the one. I'm mixing them up. Carol's yeah. the one who loves fingers. Right. Or, who was married to fingers. Right. But loves Vincent now. She mm-hmm. loves fingers. She loves fingers. She obviously she loves, loves the fingers. Everybody loves the fingers. But right, okay, so I mixed them up. So it's Carol mm-hmm. that did that, okay. Francis is the one Joe gets So, Joe so, so Carol went to go get her picture then. Because she's the blonde, right? Right. So she's the one who had the picture on the wall. Well, she's the one who fucked Vincent. Or did they both? Yes. Did they no, both the, fuck Vincent? The, the other one. Yeah, they both fucked. Okay. Him, and she went and she took the other one's photo. Car- off the wall. Carol went and took Francis's photo off the I wall. I think that's or, sort of unclear. Well, the photo that's seen when he goes to get the photo from the actual photo guy is the photo of Francis. Right. The dark-haired sister. Mm-hmm. But the woman who was there that night was Carol. Carol. Because they were all there. Fingers, Carol, and Francis. But Francis is trying to protect Carol by putting the heat onto herself so much because she thinks that Carol shot Vincent, which is not true. It was Fingers. And Fingers knew that, and he played that. Fingers knew Fingers. Because he plays piano. It's not what you think, Andy. (laughs) It's... Well, maybe, maybe yeah, it dude, is. I don't dude, know. his his yeah. his pussy job fingers. is fucking so good. It could, be, it could be both, you know. Honestly, it could be both reasons. Um, uh, could be reasonably, yeah. Like, call me fingers. Why? Because you play piano? Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's say it's the piano. Yeah. 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 Definitely, uh, some of the plot elements were a little forced on this. It's mm-hmm. just like Carol in that... that that bar, the honky tonk bar, the well, it's not honky tonk. That just happens to have some big guy named Torp is the bouncer, right. like, mm-hmm. and he doesn't play into any of this. He's actually just like, <laughs> just mm-hmm. sideways of all of this. You know, he has mm-hmm. nothing to do with anything. He's just trying to protect Carol, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, it was very unclear. Wait, hold on a second, Francis. Francis. Okay. Yeah, Francis was the dark-haired one. Yeah. Okay. Am I, I'm, I'm correct now. I have it. Yeah. Francis is the dark-haired sister who didn't... Carol is sort of wasn't the married ditzy to, singer. Not married to Finger. Okay. And, that's Fran- and Carol's the ditzy singer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I've got it. Okay. Good. Hi. I'm Tom. Hi. 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 I'm Carol. Hi. 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 Yeah, Carol was a pretty good singer, actually. Yeah, but Francis was far sexier, of course. Oh yeah, she was. A, I mean, she was a she, femme fatale character. Yeah, she was one of those. She was like, oh, she, I didn't do it. She seemed like she really wanted I to. She maybe wanted to bang on uh, what's his face. Yeah, they kissed. Joe. They kissed a few times, right? But it wasn't clear because with the femme fatale, it's never clear. You know, it's never clear if, if she's doing it for her own benefit to protect her sister, or because she's wet. You don't know. 
Well, Joe ran off with her at the end of the movie. They're oh, like, yeah. how, baby? Okay, so, okay so, baby. So he, so he introduced her to mom. He's like, Mom, it might get noisy right. tonight over in my bedroom with my <laughs> model airplanes hanging from the ceiling and my baseball cards lining the back of the board of the bed. Dude, come on. <laughs> Move out of your fucking mom's house. You're 50-something. Right. I mean, I know I this is his mom probably lived in his house, maybe, but I don't know. But it was his mom's house. I just focus on that because I feel like the movie was focused on that. Because you got Vincent, who lives alone with a manservant and a maid, and he plays the piano and is a total, just, just I don't know what you call that. A he cat? calls his fuck puppets the same person. Yeah, he's a cat. They're not real to him. It's like that movie, uh, not Hustle and Flow, uh, not Paid and Flow. It's, like, it's, it's one of those gangster movies. It's a sequel to one of them. There's a guy who just names all the girls he fucks after days of the week, basically. Which was, yeah. So the girl he fucked on Wednesday, he'd call her and be like, Yo, Wednesday, get over here. I'm going to fuck you. Like, and then Tuesday and Friday, you know, yeah. girls just, called them, just like called them the day of the week in which he fucked them. That almost Same sounds kind of like deal. The Sopranos. <laughs> that might have been The Sopranos. No, it wasn't The Sopranos. No. Did, 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 uh,. I feel Tony like there's did, Tony did bang everybody. Yeah, I mean that's a very that's neo noir. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, a gangster picture is not necessarily neo noir, but it has to have an element of fatalism and philosophy to it, a certain dark philosophy, and also a B picture aesthetic to it too. I kind of need right, that. which is something absolutely the Sopranos did not have. No, that was that not was a very highbrow. It was kind of highbrow, more mid mid to highbrow. Thinking of where the brow is laying, but. Where to I lay mean, the brows? You, know, you could have had your brows anywhere at that in that show, but I liked it. I think I've forgotten nearly everything about it. Yeah, but it's been a long time. Sopranos, Deadwood, Deadwood, the big, the early series mm. shows that proved that that's the best format for entertainment for sure. For a story. For a story. For storytelling. Yeah. Film is still its own thing. It's about the image, but storytelling wise. I love uh, one of these modern sort of... Yeah. What do you call them? I mean, other than shows, is there like a specific name? Series. TV dramas, series, series dramas. Show episodes. Pos- show episodes. Show episodes. Show episodes. Well, if it's not a drama. If it's not a drama? It's still a show episode. You have comedy series, you know, that's different. Well... But, but the dramas, the main thing is the dramas, like, the, like Twin Peaks was, and like The Sopranos was, and... They're just like these long, extended movies almost, but there's right. a little more to it than a movie because you get so many more details. It's like a novel. It's more like reading a novel, really. It is. I really like the series, the way uh, series-based media is heading. Oh, I really, wow. I, it's, it's so much. It's, it's almost. It's like, like movies. It's like oh, I, uh, mm, like the the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. Oh, I really okay. wanted it to be. More than that, but how could you compact a series into one movie? Yeah, you you can do it. Sort of made a series out of it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously. Like certain things work as a movie. It works as a movie. It worked fine as a movie. Yeah. And uh, certain things don't. The Dark Tower wouldn't. And didn't. And didn't. Wouldn't. Didn't. Shouldn't. Or anyway, series books couldn't. obviously would make good series movies, but or shows. Maybe not all the time. Harry Potter is like the only because certain things are just right, cinematic. That's right. like that's contained per yeah. right per Book. episode is contained. Like but Game of Thrones, some, like Game of Thrones lends itself like, to it's it. Not but maybe they adapted it to make it yeah, work no, like that. that. 
you can you could do it. Like let's just take all these arcs and make them this one arc. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Series is. I mean, I haven't I haven't read the books. Make a YouTube channel called Series Series Series. Series. We'll talk about series. But like Malazan, the book series that I just finished. I don't know what that you is. You can't make that. You can't. Hyperion do that on TV. could be a dope series. You could sure. do that on TV. Uh huh. You could do that on TV. Yeah. For sure. Be cool as fuck. It's just got the right tone, I yeah, think. Because yeah. you need a little bit of this, like, kind of, like, the tone almost noir, kind of low-driving stuff with it, which Hyperion had. It was a little rough around the edges. It was a little a little seedy, which I like in a novel, for sure. But it was good. Clap it up. Mm -hmm. Clap it up. Jack it up. Jack Simmons. It's a slow clap. Hey, it's slowly damn. accelerating. Damn. <laughs> that was for Dan Simmons. Uh, a clapping doesn't accurately represent, you know, like, you know, Shut up. other stuff. Okay. What? Clapping <laughs> does represent other stuff. Now. What? You're supposed to click now. Clapping is like other stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Beatniks do that. They snap like, hey, Joe, that was a great poem about your pubic hair. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Ha ha! Zippity zap zap. Do a little, do a little one of those. Do a little farts. Oh, Mark, uh, Mark can you still fart with your armpits and elbows? Since you can't see this, he's farting with his hands and he can fart with his elbows and his armpits and his neck, I think, and just his ears and his pee hole. And... Oh, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's the forearm. The, the center point. Oh, I could do my wrist. He's got a wrist fart happening. I'm not hearing it. I've seen it before. There's a lot of hair now. It's hairier. It's different. It's like a Sasquatch. He can lift off vertically. Anyway. 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 There's many winds. Many sources of fart noise. That's <laughs> upper arm fart right there. Very nice. A double upper uh, forearm fart. Excellent. Uh, the wrist, the wrist one. one. That's a good one, man. It was. Time takes away things. Now. Shave your wrists for that purpose. Shave your wrists. Properly fought it up. I'll just do this. <laughs> Excellent. It's a shallow impersonation of your former self. Of oh, myself, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're a bad boy. Oh, two wins. <laughs> well, six. Six wins because you get your own butt. Your own butt can do it. Well, yeah. that would be something. My own butt. Okay, so we're going to call it a day on talking about these movies. Uh, I think we might yes. have it, unless somebody has something to add. I mean, I just thought it was fucking weird that the guy was like a douchebag. Yeah. It's like, I've got all I've got all these women. Look at all right. the photos. They're on my wall. That really drove the movie. And at the end, it really drove that ending scene where it's like, the guy's like, can you really be mad at me for killing this dickhead? And he's like, well, no, but you also beat the shit out of the fucking maid. And you killed somebody else, so you're. Just, it's clear yeah, you're jealous killed, and you're killing people. They I'm killed sorry. the gay man. They killed yeah. the innocent photographer dude who just happened to know yeah. what was up. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's one of these noir stories where it's like people in over their head. Like he killed somebody who maybe he should have killed. Who was a dick, but maybe he shouldn't have. 
you know, after his wife left, and maybe he should have just left her alone. I mean, obviously right. they work together, so it's or not complicated. Or just boot her out of the house and be like, okay, I'm done with you. This is what it's going to be. Not kill her lover. Right. Just because, and also it's kind of weird that he killed her lover because he didn't want to commit. And he was kind of making a fool out of her. I could see that, though, because if you can really connect with somebody, you see somebody really hurt them, you're like, well, I'm going to kill you, you know? Right, but that's... Fingers that's obviously some shallow-ass shit. But the thing with Fingers, though, that's not where it stopped. It was also people... Then it was like, well, now anybody who might know about it, I have to kill. It's like the killing begets more killing sort of thing. Right, and the photographer was just like, give me your money because I'll take good photos and I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. The blackmail angle on the big sleep is not something we talked about too much, but Ooh. it's a big part You're of it, right. obviously. Blackmail. Yeah. Yeah. And Sternwood just, like, generally being cool with blackmail, he just wants to find Reagan. He wants to find his, like, boy so he can live again through Reagan. It's like, did we see... Is Reagan in the movie? I don't think we no. ever see him. No. I mean, I think he's in the I was confused during the last half of that movie. I get because confused. I did not know who Agnes was. Agnes is... The, uh, the, the bookstore woman. Eddie... I no, not. Uh, but then, then there's the other lady who's uh, Eddie Mars's uh, wife. Wife. Yeah. That we who's we hiding. Didn't see. And I can't remember yeah, why yeah, she's saw, hiding. She... Why is she hiding though? Like Eddie Mars's wife. Because I can't remember. So Mars is a gangster and right. she's cheating on him. No. No. She's no, not cheating on him. Because the thing that happened is the so the younger sister killed. Yeah. The guy. Right. And then killed Reagan because he didn't. Wanna uh, fuck her. Yeah. Which might have happened tomorrow. She's trying to protect protect her mm-hmm. and then she knows there's something wrong with her. And then basically Borderline they, personality they disorder. They set That's it up. Has. They set it up so that because the the guy, what was his name? Reginald? Ray Reagan. Reagan. Sean Reagan. Reagan. Sean Reagan. So they set it up so that it looked like that he ran away with the uh, Eddie's wife. Right. But I don't know why Eddie was protecting right. Sean Reagan. No, because she was no, they, maybe they, okay. They're all protecting the younger sister. Yeah, maybe he was doing it as a favor to Carmen, or Probably. to Vivian. Vivian. I mean Vivian. Yeah, I've got a favor for Vivian. My she balls. would tear you okay. up, Mark. I'd like her to tear. Word. Me up. I would let her. I would let her debase me in every possible way. I don't want a bass. I play guitar. So yeah, <laughs> 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 you're lame. You're, you're blue. But it's really weird. You're blue pilled and debased. So then the younger yeah. sister kills. Cook <laughs> it up, Reginald, or Reagan, or Regan. Yeah, Regan. Yeah, but it's weird because in the way they describe it is that she was on drugs. She was on. She's something. always on drugs. She was drank she was ether. On something. When he she came, was on something. that's fucked up. When he came to oh, get her, when she was getting the nude pictures done, she was drinking ether. Which I didn't even know ether? you could do that. People huff ether, but she was drinking she it. She was drinking it? Apparently if you drink ether, you're just completely, your mind is fucked for a day. Well, at least. Yeah. It's not good. And that's what she did. She a drank year? ether. In the book it said she drank ether. The rest of I don't know what said in the movie. You, you don't feel, you can't drink ether. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You it's, can't well, drink ether. I mean, people you can, do. People but I'm saying do. like. And, it's, and it does. Uh, I'm sure people It's like being crazy drunk and like just insane. Just like, yeah, drunk for like a month. Yeah. That's, like, yeah, that's what she was on. Uh, she was just. Inc- it makes you. I'm out of it. It'd be ideal if you were trying to like control somebody or something. Like if you wanted them to do whatever you wanted, because like, their uh, mind and their free will is gone. And like, what is that? Right. I mean, it's not like a devil's trumpet. Or sounds like. Sounds like they blow no, no, no. Sounds like it's something What's you poison people with. Oh, that's a sodium. 
Oh, sodium or, uh, or yeah. sodium amytal. It's one of the two. Sodium oh, pentothal is the real one. Pen. It's sodium pentothal. Yeah. In the book, uh, Gravity's Rainbow <laughs> by Thomas Pinchon, they use sa- they use sodium amytal for some reason, which is like a variation on the truth serum. And something weird happens. I can't remember, but I think that covers everything. <laughs> I don't know. All right. All right. All right. Call it a night. All right. Thank you. Goodbye. Signing off. Goodbye. We love you.